Hello, Strange Seeds. This is the Primordia Podcast, your source for strange. I'm your host, Britt. Join me semi-weekly as we pull off our flesh suits and dive into the primordial waters of the mystical and magical, the downright freaky, the strange and bizarre, unsettling synchronicities, and the truly terrifying. You'll leave each episode with a list of reading recommendations if you feel so inclined to research further the topics we discuss, which I encourage you to do. Connect with a growing community of eclectic minds who strive to leave a more positive, compassionate imprint on this weird world we live in. So dive on in with us, and don't be scared. The water's fine. XV Planis is part of the Green Mushroom Podcast Network. To hear more great independent productions, visit our catalog at tgmpodcastnetwork.com. Last episode, we took a brief look at the history of Atchison, Kansas, and its most notable haunted attraction, the Sally House. The Sally House holds a special place in the hearts of most paranormal investigators, as it is considered to be one of the most consistently active locations ever explored. My own fascination and connection with it is a long story, and I'll be sharing some of that tonight, as we take a look at the strange series of events that took us on a paranormal road trip due west. As most of you know by now, the heart of this project was never meant to be a podcast, but the documentation of first-hand experiences that I and my team have as we venture out to some of the strangest places that we can gain access to. But allow me to take a moment to step outside of my own showy narrative here and be truly honest and vulnerable with you all. Between the events of what we're covering here and leading up to more recent developments, I often feel like I unknowingly pulled out the last load-bearing twig on a massive but flimsy dam, holding back all sorts of things that have always been there, whether I paid attention or not. Because of that, taking on this subject has taken a lot out of me. I am tired beyond words. Every time I head out into the field, I gain so much knowledge, a broader perception, more perspective. But now I'm starting to wonder what the cost is. Am I losing little pieces of myself everywhere I go? Welcome to XV Planets. Greetings, friends, fiends, and lovers of strange and wondrous things. Welcome back to XV Planets. Transmitting from the Black Lodge, as always, I am your host, Flood, and as always, I am very happy to be back here with you to dive into the weird. I hope your week is going well. Drop me a line on Instagram or Twitter at uh, XVPlanis or at Folds and Floods and tell me of anything weird or wonderful that has happened to you this week. Now, I wish I could uh, throw a little bit more fluff at you before we dive back into it, but we are on a little bit of a time limit. This one's going to be kind of short because I do want to get the next part done and ready to be out here in four days at the time that this is airing. So this is where it's going to get a little intense for me, folks. And I sincerely meant what I said in the cold open is that this particular case has kind of taken a lot out of me and I'm finding it actually very difficult to work on. It almost seems like an oppressive force is keeping me from, uh, from propelling forward with it, but we'll get into that a little bit later. So last episode, as I said, we touched briefly on Atchison, Kansas and the Sally House. 
Tonight, we're going to discuss the series of strange events that led us to the doorstep of 508 North 2nd Street, and what transpired that first evening, leading up to one of the most intense Estes sessions I've ever experienced, which also acted as a catalyst for everything else that happened to us over the course of our 48 hours at that location. This series is, after all, about the first-hand experience. Alright friends, now for the purpose of not having to listen to myself drone on and on and on by my lonesome, I've asked Brother Walker to come and join me into the chapter of this series. Brother Walker, how you doing? I'm solid. Enjoying the, the, the brisk spring weather and the pollen. Alright, so uh, the, the purpose of tonight's episode is to kind of give the build-up on how we actually ended up in Atchison, Kansas, which is an odd story in itself. So some of this is going to get pretty out there, uh, hard to believe, and I feel you. In fact, I am still struggling with accepting some of the events that have transpired leading up to it, as well as what happened while we were there and everything that has happened after. But I implore you to keep an open mind. If you were to believe what has been told, the Sally House has a reach that goes far beyond the borders of its walls. Previous occupants, visiting paranormal investigators, and even city employees have had recurring phenomenon after interactions with the house. Sometimes playful, sometimes malevolent, but personally I think there's some truth to that on both sides. And more than just reaching out through space, but potentially through time too. That'll make a little bit more sense here in a minute. So, my first introduction to the Sally House actually goes way back into um, the early 90s. Sightings, right? Yeah, for the sure. The television that was the show first thing ran that I from 93 saw. to 95 and from 96 to 98, something like that. Um, yeah, sightings ran from 91 to 93, and then on a, uh, a pickup, it ended up airing from 96 to 98. Now, during that time, there was a recurring segment they referred to as the Heartland Ghost. Uh, eventually, this would be come to known as the Sally House, and the family who was the subject of the haunting was the Pickmans that we spoke about on the last episode. So that's where the seed was planted, and... Um, it wasn't until I I started listening to podcasts and I uh, stumbled across um, Astonishing Legends and they did their four-part series on the Sally House. And as I was listening to it, I'm like, this sounds really, really familiar. And it wasn't until they nailed down the sightings bit that I went back and I watched it. And I'm like, oh, my God, Like I grew up on this thing. This was nuts. Like, I loved it. It was fantastic. Now, that happened, I want to say, like 20... 19 is when I started listening to all this stuff, and uh, it wasn't until 2020 that I decided that I would actually try to go out and experience some of this stuff for myself. So the uh, the paranormal investigation started uh, around 2020. Uh, we toyed around with it for a while. We had some pretty intense responses at um, Rural Hall down on Edwards Road, uh, which you were not there for that one, nope. Walker, but the... This is pre-Walker. Crybaby Lane, you were there for that. That one was interesting. Um, and not too long after Crybaby Lane, myself, Ralph, and uh, my previous co-host went out to Lydia's Bridge out in Jamestown, North Carolina. Now, Lydia's Bridge, as most of you know, is the North Carolinian um, recurring hitchhiking ghost. 
It is a young woman around 19, 20 years old, white dress, uh, is often seen walking back and forth along this one stretch of road looking for a ride. Now, we've gone down there a few times and we've tried a few experiments and we've tried a few Estes sessions. And the last one that we did actually ends up relating to the Sally House in the future. And I'll explain that in a minute. And this is what I mean when I say that it might actually be reaching not only through space, but also through time. The last Lydia's Bridge event was recorded on July 5th or 6th, I believe, in 2021. In September of 2021, um, I had a, a an unfortunate health event. Um a bit of a cardiac event. I thought it was a heart attack, but it turns out I uh, I have something called long QT syndrome. Basically, my electricity is just not firing right, brother. <laughs> um, and it's easily manageable through uh, through medication and um, some severe life changes, which I should probably be making right now, but we're indulging with tonight. <laughs> the long QT event seems to have uh, jarred something a little bit loose. And ever since then, like, I've always been pretty open to going out there and doing these investigations and things like that. But ever since that event, it seems I have a little less control on what's rolling through. Things are getting a little bit more intense. Like Boy Scouts or circus. Intense. <laughs> Get it? Yeah? All right. So the long QT event happened and, um, that kind of put me down for a couple of weeks. Uh, and I used my downtime to start reviewing a lot of the footage and the audio that I picked up in the last year and have not gotten around to cataloging and making notes on. And that is when I found the EVP that I got at Lydia's bridge. Here's where it gets wacky. Because after the long QT incident, I kind of had one of those holy sh midlife crisis moments where I uh, I better start lining up the bucket list and I better start crossing this out like off now. Let's. It was a reality check. It was certainly a mortality check, and I felt compelled to go to these places where I can maybe see a little bit more to the universe that we're living in and. That led me to trying to book the Sally House. Now, what got really interesting about that is it took me a week and a half to book this place because every time that the payment tried to go through, it would cut me off. This happened five or six times. I contacted the offices. They had no idea what was going on there, and for some reason, it just wasn't going through. Finally, it does go through, and uh, about 20 minutes after the payment does go through, I hear somebody else on a different radio show talking about the Sally House bring it up instantaneously, like 20 minutes to the minute after the payment went through. Later on that night, I come back home and I start reviewing the footage and the audio from Lydia's Bridge. And that's when I found this.
Okay, so we're going to play that again a couple more times, a little bit more cleaned up through an RX patch, and then I'm going to tell you what we think we hear. Here we go. Now, for me personally, it did not take more than one listen for me to pick up on what I think it was saying. And again, I ask you to please go back and give another listen, listen a few times, and uh, maybe even write down what you hear before I say this next bit, because I would be really interested to hear what your responses are on this. So feel free to hit us up on social media. I will post this clip somewhere, and we can discuss it openly as a group. Now, what we think it says is pretty clear to us. Help Sally. That's right. A very long, drawn-out help. A very deep, labored breath. And then Sally. So I'm going to play that bit one more time, and let's find out if you pick up on that too. Again, if you hear something else or you don't hear anything at all, like we invite the discussion. We we want to talk about it. Um, honestly, more eyes and ears on this will help us comprehend things a little bit more. So by all means, please. So that was recorded in July, long before I ever thought of even going to the house, booking the house, any of it. But the day that the booking goes through, and then it gets referenced at random, and then all of a sudden that same night I come home and I find that in the footage. So this is what I'm saying, is that it potentially could actually be transcending not only space, but time. Because that felt like it was planted, like I was supposed to find it exactly when I did. I'm still trying to wrap my own head around that, and yes, I'm well aware how absolutely batched crazy it all sounds i am well aware of it i am but you know at this point the way that things have been going since we started this <laughs> i don't know yeah we've had a lot of different uh imprints and different uh evidence come through that doesn't seem to make any sense of of how you know like some things you would say like oh like the wind or oh you know someone could have breathe something that could be manipulated you know what i mean yeah. like that's what typically you would you would think but with these things it's like it literally is imprinted in well and what's really interesting is I, I need to point out that during that particular recording session i had six different audio sources recording at once all from different angles all high dynamic range i was picking up all sorts of stuff that was only picked up on one recording device only one there was no other sound to correlate to line it up to the other six microphones that were running. So it only showed up in one device. Which is like technically impossible unless somebody is line in feeding the audio. And that didn't happen. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. Right. <laughs> so how did I get that three months before I ever booked the place? And why did I find it the day that I got the confirmation? Like, it's just, it's a lot for me 
to wrap my own head around. And I realize how freaking key, cliche and ridiculous all of this sounds. You're like Charlie with the map <sighs> and the red line. I am. I am. Like if you, oh, 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 if, if only, if this whole room was corkboard, it would look nuts. It would be a spider's web of red yarn and <laughs> bizarre conspiracy uh, theory pictures all over the place. But that's how it laid out. Like, always had a fascination with this place. Always thought I'd say it. I'd go there. Heart attack. Almost. Not quite. Okay, great. Let's go knock some stuff off of the list. And then boom, boom, boom. Everything just happens. Just like that. It just spills out in front of me. Now that is what led me to stating that I was going to do this thing. You were the first one to jump on board. And then Alejandro was our third party who reached out. And so we finally had a trio of people to go. Um, I had already gotten familiar with you and your own interests. Thanks to our uh, friend in the studio with us today, Crystal. Say hi, Crystal. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> um, but thanks to you coming on board of this, things kind of propelled along a little bit faster. And with Alejandro on board, we were all set for this. But yet again, man, we lucked out with having Jill join us on this trip because this would have been very, very different without her. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I don't think we would have gotten like half the evidence that we did if we didn't have that energy there. Mm. Maybe have- different evidence, but... <laughs> I I think it, I, I think it would have... I think it would have been bad. I'm gone. <laughs> yeah, I hear that. I think it was bad. Real bad and gone. All right, so we had the Help Sally EVP that showed up from the Lydia's Bridge recordings. 12 hours after that, I started to get scratches pop up all over me, and most particularly my face. I had the one that crossed uh, my cheek and the two that went down, almost mimicking what had happened to uh, Tony during his time there. It was always two one way and one in the other. And then from that point, I was waking up like clockwork every night, somewhere between 3.30 and 4.30 a.m., and every time I would wake up, the owls in the neighborhood would just be going off the chain nonstop, like all at once. How in the hell it didn't wake up the whole neighborhood, I have no idea. And those... Oddities continued until we actually got to the point that we left. I think that was the furthest that it reached out. So we got the EVP. I I do really feel that the scratches that I received were directly related to just the way that everything lines up. The synchronicities are just kind of hard to ignore. But that was pretty much the buildup to it. Like All of those strange events... You crossing paths with me, then finding Alejandro, and then uh, being able to lock this down, and everything that happened from the moment that I booked that place, it started messing with me. started messing with me a lot. I'm lucky nothing messed with me at all, so it was pretty sweet. Lucky (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's wild. I I can't imagine, like, you know, all that stuff coming together and, and, you know, being focused on, on what you're focused on. You can't. You can't ignore the synchronicity there for sure. All right. So all of that led us to the actual trip itself, which uh, was met with a few challenges along the way, such as a torrential downpour that seemed 
straight out of a Lovecraftian horror film. That yeah, was, shouts out West Virginia. Right. <laughs> it was pretty wild. But eventually, after uh, about 11 hours on the road, we finally made it. 11 hours? The second day. Oh, that's right. <laughs> Everything is a blur for me. Yeah, dude. It was like, what, like, I think it was like 17 hours total. Yeah. Yeah, we did 12 hours the first day to St. Louis, and then we did like four hours. Today. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Heather, thank you so much for the housing. You're a goddess. We love you so much. Yes. Yes. <laughs> um, all right, we hit St. Louis, crashed out, then we actually made it to Atchison. Now, whenever we got there, I asked you guys for a few minutes alone with the house. And I, I wanted to go in there and have a quick powwow with it. Um, because I do feel like I was called there the way that everything lined up. There was a reason I was supposed to go there. I'm not sure I figured it out yet. But I think we're on to something, at least with what we figured out in this last trip. There's a reason to go back. There is a reason to go back. <laughs> Absolutely. But I took those few minutes just to say hello, announce myself, announce my intent, and pleasantly, kindly remind it that it is not allowed to follow me back home. It did not listen to that last part. Uh, but at least what followed me home was playful and uh not too malevolent although it did make me late for work about a half hour <laughs> at first monday back and that was not cool but we had a conversation about that it kept hiding my car keys and my cup of coffee it also did its own laundry did i not tell you about this no, <laughs> no i haven't heard this one okay all right so We'll come back to this in a broader sense uh, on on the wrap-up show for this whole series. Okay, yeah, so we finally got there. I took the five minutes to go in to announce myself, to say hello. While I was in there, I immediately started hearing footsteps up in the attic. Air pressure was, like, shifting left and right every room that I went into. I did the walkthrough of the whole house, and then after that, I realized that I should not be in there alone anymore. And so I came back outside and... That's when we all started moving in. And as soon as every single one of us were in there, each and every one of us made remarks about hearing footsteps. Yeah, everywhere. Upstairs, like, upstairs downstairs, just wherever you weren't. Yeah. Like, and it was almost like, hey, were you moving around? Or like, we just thought someone was in that area and then they would like, they'd be upstairs. And, oh, I heard stuff downstairs. Or, oh, you're in the basement. I thought you were upstairs. Heard everyone move, you know, heard stuff moving around. So, yeah. what's going on? <laughs> And as the evening progressed, like, uh, we all broke off in a few different ways. I think for those first few hours, I was, I was in full business mode, just trying to get all the equipment set up and, um, everything ready for the sessions later on in the evening. But that was the time that you and Jill were down in the basement, right? When I was still upstairs setting stuff up, you guys were doing walkthroughs, right? Yeah. Cause we, we, we walked through the whole house with Emma when I was just following Jill on full spectrum with, uh. With the audio going. Okay, so let's let's talk about that one in particular because we didn't realize that this happened until two months after we got back and, and some of us started to review the footage that we got, right? 
So this was happening hours before we did the Estes session, correct? Yeah, this was all like during the the first walkthrough. We had we were just all kind of feeling everything out. I know Emma wanted to get like a reading of of the whole house and just a walkthrough of, of every room. So right. the basement was the last one. That was the last uh, last stop that we that we did on that little little walkthrough. And folks, I will definitely find a way to share the larger file of this, the uh, the uncut version, so that you can see everything that was building up to it. But for the sake of this episode, we're going to keep this short. So here we go. Like the upstairs made me sick. This doesn't make me feel any particular type of way, other than I like the upstairs made me sick. This doesn't make me feel any particular type of way. Okay, folks, so I'm going to take the sample out that actually has the EVP, or at least what we suspect it, and then loop it. So here you go. Feel any particular type of me feel any particular type of me feel any particular type of me feel any particular type of way other than. So we passed this one around to a lot of our friends, colleagues, other paranormal investigators, and some sound design pros to uh, to help us kind of isolate that and and try to pick up on one it, what it's saying. Now, my team, we have our own universal agreement on what we think it's saying. Now, if you want to take a few more times to go back and listen to that, skip back about 30 seconds, give it a few more listens, and then come back to this point. Because I want you to think about it on your own listen to it, see what you pick up on, and then I'm going to tell you what we think we hear. We invite anyone to get into the conversation with us on social media about uh, what they hear when we play this back, and I would really be interested to hear about what you think you hear before we tell you what we hear. So again, going to give you a five-second break. Here's your opportunity to go back and listen to it, and then we're going to come right back here, drop right back into it, and we're going to tell you what we think. So here you go. Five. Four, three, two, and a one. Sorry, I couldn't resist. What our team is hearing, as cliche and as corny as it is, and I will admit this, it sounds to us like an elderly southern woman screaming, Get out. Get out! Like the upstairs made me sick. This doesn't make me feel any particular type of way other than no for sure yeah all right yeah it's like it just seems like she took a lot of effort to to say it seems like she's very like adamant there's a lot of like strain in the voice yeah which is really interesting considering what transpired about two hours later when we started rolling through those estes sessions now the first one with alejandro that was a little bit different however i I needed to give him proper training on it for exactly what we were going for. We were not really getting the results that I was looking for, although he was getting some stuff and it was really interesting. It well, I think he has a lot of like the, like he, he, he's a protective person. He puts a lot of like his own personal protection up. And I, I think that kind of shields him from some of the stuff that we communicate with when, when we're the receiver in the, you know what I mean? Like, I think he gets a lot more of the, the friendly interactions. Oh, you mean how flood goes bye-bye and something else comes to say hi-hi? Yeah, and how, yeah. you know, I'm just open to anything coming to interact with me, apparently. Maybe a little bit more open than you planned for, but... <laughs> We're figuring it out. We're figuring it out. We're figuring yeah. it out at 
Sally House. <laughs> Figuring out a Waverly too. Yeah. That was uh that was nuts. But yeah, back to uh to Sally House. So that first night we had that EVP in the basement. We had the footsteps. Um Alejandro said that he had that really, really deep sense of dread up at the top of the staircase whenever he got there and he was walking around up there and checking it out. Yeah, and I had um, the whole floor is lava. Yeah. Talk about that for a minute. Because that was before the Estes session, right? This was very early. Like we were I know y'all were it's running. Like five through. or six in the afternoon. Yeah, well, because we had that was, you know, we had all been setting up um like we just put all the equipment out on the table and just y'all were going through making sure everything was good. I think mm-hmm. Alejandro was upstairs. And I was just sitting down in the chair and it just was like I just couldn't move I couldn't do anything. It was almost like it was like the paralysis. It was like I was just sitting there. Couldn't really move, just kind of like staring at the floor, and the floor was just like bubbling up. Like it was like, like if you look at videos of like the ocean, like deep out in the ocean where all the waves are just kind of crashing together, or like if you're looking at like boiling water, how water is just like moving on its own. It's just kind of how the, the floor looked. So I was just kind of like entranced looking at that for a while. That was probably a solid like half hour. That was something that uh, a few of us shared. Uh, both Alejandro and I had a few moments like that at the same time as you, but not near as intense as you did. Yeah. I think it, it I, I think it's like personally just through the, like the experiences, I feel like it's uh, sizing us up and it's like, yeah. let's see what we can. Affect. Oh yeah. Yeah. You know, no, absolutely. And that's going to become really, really apparent when we start diving into uh, the Estes session where Jill took over and I was a receiver. Yeah. Because that thing was, well, one, it called us all pricks. Oh, yeah. That was fun. <laughs> Didn't like us. And then it attacked each one of us directly. Like, it tried to get into my head quite a few times. It it played off of my daddy issues, which <laughs> I found to be really interesting. And we're going to talk about that in the next episode. But it also played off of knowledge of my experience in the paranormal world. And the two are one and the same. It's It's kind of hard to explain. We'll, we'll we'll get to that a little bit later, but I think that's pretty much it. So so that that leads us up to the moment that we switched it out and we did the as the session between Jill and I. Right? That was like the streamed one. Yeah. Like, okay. That was the one that we live streamed, and um, we had already been doing like the equipment for Alejandro's, but I think that was like the creme de la creme. Well, that it, it was for day one. Mm-hmm. but the real creme de la creme was the EVP that we're not going to talk about for another couple of episodes. Oh yeah. 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 Um, but yeah, no, the, I'll play it for you. the Estes session was, was wild. I, I, I think for the people that, that got to watch it on, um, we streamed about well, like on fireside, I think, right. I was video. on fireside Twitch and YouTube all at once. Yeah. So that was, I mean, the people that got to watch it under, they, they, they know they saw stuff, uh, I know we got a lot of notes saying that there were some things that were seen and we caught that really interesting picture in the window at the end of that Estes session. Yeah. Um, and just all the activity. I mean, I'm sure we're going to dive into it. Mm. <laughs> Is there anything else we need to point out leading up to that second session that first night? No, cause it was kind of, it, it like everything kind of calmed down. Oh yeah. The black cat. Yes. <laughs> there was the black cat. Uh, there was a black cat that kept coming around the house during the entire time that we were there, and it was an ominous black cat. 
Well, we also <laughs> left. Like, it's it's wild because we were like, what can we do for this cat? Because there was a little bit of a story about the woman who was outside. Yeah, and you'll, you'll hear about that cat. in the Estes session where I talk about feeding the cat. Yeah, mm. so we left some tuna out for the cat. And there were other cats also. It's not like it was just this one cat, but... None of the other cats would come onto the property at all. We had tuna out for a day and a half outside. Right. It was cold, so it wasn't going, the only it wasn't cat going that nasty. The came on the property was that one, was that black, one black cat. Yeah. And there's literally like fish sitting on the porch. We had to throw it away because no nothing would come and eat it. And there are tons of cats on both sides. Yeah, like, we saw like six or seven cats. Side have tons yeah. of cats. Yeah. Huh. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, it's weird. Like if I was a street cat, like those cats, it's not like the people weren't taking care of them necessarily. We don't, I don't want to cast any judgment, but they were outdoor cats in Kansas in the winter. Like you'd think they would want some tuna. Huh. The plot thickens. It always does. There's always more. Hmm. <laughs> Ain't that the truth? And this plot is definitely going to thicken the further we go into this. So next week, my friends, we're, uh, we're going to have a addendum to the Sally House series, and we're going to share an abridged version of our Estes session, the one that we were just mentioning. And this is also going to coincide with one whole year of me doing this ridiculous stuff. XV Planets turns one year old on April 1st. That is not a joke. <laughs> that is not a joke. No, we're not kidding. Please take us seriously. Not too seriously. Though. It's it's just another day. No, that's what I say about my birthday as, <laughs> as like a person. XV Plan is turning one. No, that's worth celebrating. Yeah. That's worth shots. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, I think that's going to wrap it up for now. Uh, Walker, thank you so much for hanging out and talking through kind of the buildup on how we got there. Next week, guys, this is where we're really going to kind of push it over the edge because things get a little weird with the SS session and then everything else that happened after that, uh, especially everything that happened that night after you and Alejandro went to sleep, like me getting choked by some unseen force. That was not fun. No, not fun at all. Can't imagine that it no. would be, but Hey, could be worse. You gotta have no opposable thumbs. <laughs> That's going to wrap it up for this chapter, my friends. Join us on the next episode as we celebrate XV Planet's first birthday, and then we dive into and dissect the Estes session we performed at the Sally House on that first night, which was one of the most intense sessions that I've ever had in my life. A few things before I close this episode out. When the series comes to an end, and we're going to be about halfway through research and production of the next big case file, of which you will just have to keep listening to find out what that's going to be, but during that downtime, we have a variety of other mini-dive series into some oddities that will be a little bit more lighthearted, as well as a few episodes of listener stories and personal tales from some of the extended XV Planus family. If you have a story that you would like to share on air with us, Email us at xvplanus at gmail.com. And don't forget to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Twitch, everywhere as xvplanus. And you can follow my personal misadventures and music projects at Folds and Floods on those same platforms. Links for both are in the show notes. If you like what we do here, 
head on over to iTunes and rate and review us, and tell your friends about us. Tell your families about us. Hell, scream at random people at the bus stop about us. We are an independent production, and therefore we only grow by word of mouth. XV Planus is part of the Green Mushroom Podcast Network. For more great shows like the one you just listened to, go to www.tgmpodcastnetwork.com. That's www.tgmpodcastnetwork.com. This show is produced in Durham, North Carolina, and is written, edited, and scored by yours truly. Music from the show can be found on my Bandcamp page for Folds and Floods or anywhere you stream your music. Once again, I am your host, Flood, and this has been XV Plans. Thank you for being a part of the journey so far. Keep your heart soft, your head strong, and your spirits weird and wonderful. Take care of yourselves, and take care of each other, and I'll see you in the between. This place is going to be the end of me.